Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Um, I wanted to bring your attention to what you received on your way in. It was a card, and you might be thinking, they forgot to print out the front side, you know, because normally we have our sermon series on there. But I want to bring to your attention what October is for Project Church. It is, on the bottom right corner, the month of, somebody say it, surrender. Yeah, somebody said spiritual emphasis. That too, the other card that goes with it, it's very aesthetically pleasing, lots of neutrals going on. But this, guys, is a canvas that really is a blank slate. And I think we need to remember that last week, Caleb, he talked about surrender. In a few weeks, fashion's coming up. It's about surrender, fashion for surrender. We were designed, we find our true value and our identity and our surrender. But this is what God can work with. When we surrender, and when we're not trying to build our own lives the way we think that it should be, and when we have this certain agenda, and let me tell you, anybody else kind of watching their bank accounts a little closer this month? Is there anybody who has been concerned about their retirement? Are you thinking about how much gas you have to get from here to there, point A to B to C? Anybody? Come on, you're watching your tanks a little closer. I think the greatest solution is not to configure all these solutions to make your life better the way you think it should be, but maybe this month, amidst all the chaos, amidst all the worries, we surrender. Church, what happens when every single person in this service, last service, the next service, and everybody who steps foot in this building, what would happen if we were to surrender? When they're surrendered, there's more space for the Holy Spirit to move. And you're like, oh, what does that mean? It means that God is going to give you supernatural peace, supernatural joy. And there's going to be a move of God that we've never seen before. We cannot even tell you what to expect because our expectations are higher than what we can create. What would happen if we left it to the Spirit of God to do His work in us rather than what we want to do in ourselves? Let's surrender this month. October is the month of... All right, and so this morning I'm going to continue our series on picking up where Caleb left off um, on the favor of surrender. Now we're talking about the favor of family. Somebody say family. family. Can I also tell you on the other side, it's all the things coming up in October. <laughs> Ladies, sign up for fa fashion. Be there or be square. Why? Why? Why did I say that? Okay. So the favor of family. I jumped, I will be jumping into Galatians because we hear about the family of God here. We hear the plan of the gospel. We understand that the favor that comes in our surrender is the favor of family. How many people, when you think about your family, you don't really have the greatest thoughts? Some of you have like really great thoughts. Anybody? Yeah, me too. And some like, oh, wait, that's where all my wounds came from. <laughs> right? Anybody? Okay. Um, well, fashioned, or excuse me, favor of family. Favor of family. There is a favor that comes when we enter the family of God. And it's only enter, we only enter that when we surrender our lives to the one and only person who's worthy of our surrender. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus. And so I'm coming to you at Galatians because Paul is writing this and he's really very frustrated. He's very full of passion 
Because what he's seeing happening in the church of Galatia is that there are Israelites who are, have spread, the, the gospel has spread, the, the word is spreading everywhere. And now that it's in Galatia, we are seeing that other people who haven't had the history or the people, they aren't a part of the people group of the Israelites, they are now coming to understanding of the gospel message. They're all coming to believe in Jesus. But the people who have known the plan of Jesus, the people who are the people of God, the Israelites, they're like, hold up, all these new people coming in to experience Jesus and who, who are in line with this gospel, they're not doing all the stuff that we're doing. They're saying they're not circumcised. They're not following those rules. They're not following everything that we followed they need to figure things out before they can call themselves Jesus gospel believers, okay? And this isn't very different than what happens today in life and in our churches now. Sometimes it's hard to receive people who are different from us and sometimes it's hard for people who are trying to walk out this faith life and they're not doing it the way we do it. And I'm telling you, when Paul is writing this, he is so frustrated because Peter, he was actually starting to believe all, those, all the um, Israelites and saying, yeah, they probably should do some of these things in the Torah. I mean, it's Jesus, but you know, Jesus came to fulfill the law, but they should probably still do this, this, and that so that they look like you. And Paul is saying, no, 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 Peter, he is calling him out for his, his hypocrisy because they are now new creations in Jesus and they don't have to follow the laws or the commands of the Torah any longer. And so how many people know, man, Paul, Peter, they were brothers, essentially. They were disciples of Christ. They were, they, they, they were Jesus followers through and through, but they differed on this. And you know that sometimes when we are talking about our family, our brothers and sisters, there is great passion and there is great frustration. I know that we walk in a church and there's a lot of relationships that are created and those relationships create, create great passion and excitement and yes, we're, we're loving Jesus together and we're on mission together, but then somebody's struggling in their faith. Then somebody is making the same mistakes that they made before they came to know Jesus and it's great frustration. And then somebody's saying this and they believe this theologically and then the doctrine over here is a little different and there's just great passion for us to get it right but also great frustration. When it comes to family, there's great frustration and there's great compassion and passion. But the family of God when we understand who we are called to be, when we understand whose we are, that we are sons and daughters of the most high God, we have another way of doing family. We become heirs of the kingdom when we come into faith with Jesus Christ. And when we, our family, we forgive often, we have lots of grace, and we do anything at all costs to have unity. And for us to have unity, we have to be reminded of what brings us together, and that is the inheritance that we receive in Christ. I want you to understand Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God, the family of God, is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I think I sung, sung the song before for you. I should have sung it. <sighs> Man, earlier, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you know it, no one knows it. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of his kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of his kingdom? 
<laughs> Don't you want to be a part of his kingdom? Come on, everybody. Okay, that's so cheesy. No one knew the song. Okay, I grew up, I grew up singing that song. Only us? Cool. But sometimes we reduce the family of God to this happy-go-lucky, don't you want to be a part of his kingdom? You? Don't you want to be a part? Not you. <laughs> don't you want to be a part? Not them. And we can't reduce it to a song because we're just being fake. The family of God is a serious business. The family of God is people experiencing what righteousness, peace, and joy actually is. It's not just a song. It's more than that. God wants to do something greater, and there's going to be rich and deep relationship that cannot pull us apart as easily as we've been pulled apart in the past. Let's be the family of God. There is favor when we come into belief and understanding faith in Jesus Christ. And there's favor when we understand that we're family. And so what does family look like? If you read through Galatians, what's happening is that the gospel is spreading and more people, other tribes and other peoples are coming to know who Jesus is. So it is multi-ethnic. It looks different than just me. I mean, I love my people. Filipinos, where are you at? Okay, I, I know there's more of you. You're now just embarrassed I'm pointing you out. But, I, but we love, the, but man, I love red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his eye. Jesus loves the little church. Come on, you gotta know that one. Anyone? Okay. <laughs> are there any other churchgoers in here? Um, this song is saying that the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, the people who are fully, fully joyful and have the peace of God and they understand that right, the righteousness comes by through Jesus, you understand that it is a multi-ethnic family that we are a part of. But we're also a transformed people. You read through Galatians that it is the power of Jesus that makes us difference. It is not our works. It is not us following the Torah. It is not what the Israelites did back then before Jesus came. It is us being transformed by the Spirit of God. Because after Jesus died and rose again, he left his Spirit to transform us. But you have to understand that the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, all of those fruit that we receive that makes us look like one another must be cultivated just like any other fruit. It must be cultivated. And how many people know relationships cultivate us, they sharpen us, and they bring out some gross stuff that needs to be Put away so we don't rot the rest of the fruit. How many of us are sometimes rotting the rest of the fruit because we're not letting the Lord change us and change our hearts? We want people to taste and see that the Lord is good, but is our fruit good? Taste and see that the Lord is good by the fruit of the Spirit, righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. I love my multi-ethnic transformed fruit of the Spirit family. There's favor in it. And you know, the favor of family means something very simple. It means that we know Jesus. We know Jesus. Verse 26, I'm just gonna take you through Galatians 3, 26 through 4, 7. I'll read it now. Here it says, and again, this is Paul writing this and he's talking to us about the family God. For in Christ Jesus, we are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you 
as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offering, heirs according to promise. Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. I want you to go back to that. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees until this time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements in the world. When the time came to completion, God sent his son Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. You all are co-heirs of the greatest kingdom this universe has ever seen. We serve the God above all gods, the king of all kings, and we are his heirs. This is a great message of hope and the heirs of the kingdom. They, it's not about eating and drinking. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. So when we know Jesus through faith, verse 26 says, for in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God. Through faith, through faith, that makes us sons and daughters and we are co-heirs. Faith, the more we know Jesus, And the less we make it about works, we are walking in faith. Some people connect faith with works because it says faith without works is dead, so I have to be doing works. But actually, it's faith that makes us um, want to know him. And the more we know him, the more we love him. And the more that we love him, the more that we become like him. And the more that we look like him, the more we are worthy of our inheritance. It doesn't mean that we don't get the inheritance or we don't get access to heaven, but the more we know him, the more we become like him, and the more we become like him, the more we become worthy of being called sons and daughters. Who wants to be worthy of being called son and daughter of God? The favor of family means that we know Jesus. We have faith. We do not relegate our faith to works to doing good. It's all about knowing who we love and love him more. Surrender, all working, surrender, all striving. I felt in worship today that I wanted to break off any striving in Jesus' name. And you're like, what is she talking about? There are spirits that are work during our worship services and who are, that are coming against you so that you don't receive the truth of this message. And right now, I think that we need to stop striving. We don't need to come here with any pretense. We don't need to come here trying to act the part. And I right now want to bind up in the name of Jesus any spirit of striving because there's no place for that here. There's no place for that in the family. The family of God, there is belonging, there is acceptance, and we need to break that off right now. So if you felt when you walked in this room that you needed to become something other than who you are, Jesus is the one who transforms you. He's the one who gives you transformative attributes. So... We know Jesus. Second, that means the favor of God means we have no, means no favorites. I mean, Jesus has favorites, but you know who the favorite is? Every single one of you. Isn't that great? I tell my kids all the time, all of you are my favorite. I tell Canaan when he goes to bed in our nighttime routine, you are my favorite oldest son. And then I get to my middle, Kai, you are my favorite middle 
You're my favorite youngest son. And then just like Randy, you just really set up my message. I tell my daughter, oh my gosh, you're my favorite daughter. I'm his favorite daughter-in-law because I'm the only one. Guess what? God made you specifically to only you. You are one of a kind. And each kind is his favorite. So every single one of you are his favorites. That's such a great badge of honor. He has no favorites, but he does have a lot of favorites. Does that make sense? Not really, but here we go. Let's keep on going. It says this in verse 27. You'll get it in a second. For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There's no male or female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. We are one in Christ Jesus because of the work that was done on the cross. So there's no slave or free, Jew or Greek, men or women. We are all one. We are all his favorites. But you know, I was looking up in the dictionary, this word favorites, and it's obvious, you know, like sometimes favorites are the ones who are set apart, you know, that are better, that are greater, all these things. But what I love about this definition, it says this, record the, record the address of a website or other data, because you know how you make favorite bookmarks and tabs on your computer, to enable quick access. Somebody say quick access. Quick access in the future. That blessed me so much. Why? Because people who are considered favorites, things that are favorite, have quick access. And I want you to understand that as a favorite of the Most High God, son and daughter, every single one of you are the favorite. That means you have quick access to God of the universe. You can all boldly approach the throne of grace because you are his favorites. We are all his favorite. You can come to him no matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how many bad choices and sins that you have committed, you have quick access because you are favored in Jesus' name. There is favor in being a part of the family of God and you have quick access in Jesus' name. Quick access. Romans 2.11 reminds us God shows no partiality. Acts 10.34-35. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him does what, he is, what is right and is acceptable to him. Every single one of you, if you put Christ in your life, if you make him the Lord of your life, you're acceptable to him. And when you have, if you have, um, if you're accepted, you can... Be righteous before him. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. You are made clean. The moment you give your life to Jesus and you ask forgiveness for your sins, he washes away all the guilt, all the shame. You don't have to strive any longer. You don't have to do more in order to earn his approval. It's like that song we were singing, I don't have to prove a thing. You've already approved of me. When you have faith in Jesus, he approves of you and the works come because you know that he's worthy of a righteous life. Your righteousness comes though through Christ first. Your works are just a product of your gratitude for serving the one who washed you clean, who is thankful that he washed us clean of all of our sins. He's so good. I'm so grateful. Say, I'm a favorite. The favor of family also means clarity of destiny. Clarity of destiny. How many people have ever been in a situation where you were maybe in this church lobby and somebody waved at you and you're like, and then they're like, oh, but hi to you too. 
they were waving at the person next to you. Have you ever been in that situation? Anyone? She said all the time. Anyone else? You know, how do you feel? You kind of feel like, oh, <laughs> you didn't choose me. You didn't choose me. And I, I've actually been on the other side of it where um, I, I think I've told you the story about when Caleb and I got together. He flew me out to have three speaking engagements because I was a part of an organization, did work in Africa, and everybody um, who knew that I was coming out to speak at his church or share at his church about an organization, um, they, they knew that there's a missionary coming, great, but only his lead pastor and a true trusted friends um, knew that he was actually talking to me. We were mixing business with pleasure. Okay. Um, you're just not talking on the phone, not weird pleasure. Okay, anyways, carry on. So, <laughs> did I say that? I said that. Sam, stop me. So, <laughs> So I was on the other side of this whole experience that I experienced, like, you know, being waved at. And anyways, Caleb, Caleb had me stay at the board member, a couple of board members' homes, um, the Contis, Bob and Conti. Hi, Sandy, if you're watching. Um, and she uh, didn't know. She wasn't privy to the information that, you know, Caleb was dating this missionary staying at her house. And so Caleb showed up with 12 dozen roses. And she was like, oh my gosh, they, and he said, no, not for you. <laughs> she said, thank you. And he said, no, therefore that girl who's staying here, who's a missionary, but I'm also dating her and seeing her for the first time in years. That's a great part of the story. I was his favorite and I got the roses, but can I tell you, <laughs> sorry, Sandy, again, there's clarity of destiny when we come into the family of God. There's no mistaking that you are the one, every single one of you have the dozen roses. God's favorites, every single one of you. I think so many people are walking around in this world purposeless, hopeless, depressed, and they just don't think the gift is for them. <laughs> and I want you to understand that there is clarity in our destiny. It says here in verse 29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. If you are in Christ, even though you weren't born to Abraham and you're probably not a part of his actual biological lineage, like, I mean, actually, we probably all are. Anyways, then you are, you are heirs according to the promise. You are heirs. You all get the roses. There's no mistaking the mission that you're on. What is the mission? That we would all worship the one true God. That we would invite others into the family of God. That we would invite others, not so that they would feel good about themselves, but for them to know that they have eternal destiny, purpose, and there's no mistaking it. It's not like, ooh, is that inheritance for them? Is that inheritance for that kind of people who believe that certain way? Or No, the inheritance is for everyone who is in Christ. There's no mistaking that there is clarity of our destiny and the destiny God has for us is good. The destiny that is promised us is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And it's the cultivation of beautiful fruit so that others might be attracted to the one who can save them and can redeem them, who has bought them with a great price of his own life. There is clarity of destiny. Faith in God makes us all heirs and heiresses. When I think about the heir, Kate Middleton, gorgeous. I, during the queen's funeral, I've been watching and mostly paying attention to her outfits. They are to die for. Can I say they're beautiful? 
And then I think that there are other errors, much like that of, I don't know if you remember this movie, um, Billy Madison, right? The ragamuffins. It doesn't matter what you look like. You're still an heir of the Most High God. Can I tell you that this family of God is going to look different. Some of us have been polished and have been walking in this understanding and having a relationship with Jesus and walking in faith their whole lives. But the same inheritance that they receive is the inheritance that the Billy Madisons of the crew have. We're all co-heirs and we all have a destiny. Nothing is left to chance in our lives. If you don't have Jesus, wow, everything is left to chance. I don't know what is gonna come after you and I'm scared for you, but there's a safety and a refuge that comes when we know Jesus because we live in his presence and we experience a righteousness that gets us full and quick access to Jesus, peace and joy that surpasses all understanding. Man, there's something great about knowing what your destiny is. I think some of us walk through this life just aimless and purposeless, but God has you on a mission to build the kingdom of God. Bring others into the family. The favor of family also means freedom. It says this in chapter four, one through three. Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. The same way we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. You know what this is talking about? It's talking about the fact that we have freedom in Christ. We're still slaves to Christ. Oh, that's a hard one for me to preach. You are a slave, but you also own it all. So, so many of us are living before we come into understanding of who Jesus is and before we allow him to transform our hearts, we live slaves to this world, slaves to our addictions, slaves to the wrong things and to the slaves to depression, slaves to so many things outside of his will. But in him, we might still struggle with stuff, but we're slaves to him and we submit our lives to him. See, so many people are so concerned about what they're gonna do in this world and how they're gonna become someone and something that normally requires more of their figuring out and their, their, their control. But when we submit our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, we, are, we have the freedom to have no control and to just do his will. And when we do his will, then there's all the peace, all the righteousness and all the joy that we could ever imagine. But some of us are so concerned about having still control in this world. But man, if you are still a slave to who God is, then you have access and you own everything. I mean, instead he is under guardians and trustees until the set, until time set by his father, the same way we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. I don't want to be a slave of the elements of the world. You know what the slip, being a slave to the element of the world is? It's unpredictable and damaging. But with Jesus, it's predictable. It's predictable. We have to actually die to ourselves and when we die to ourselves, maybe some things around us are unpredictable, but I know that I'm always gonna have joy. I know that I'm always gonna have peace. I know that I'm gonna have um, righteousness. I'm gonna be made pure before him. There's freedom when we serve Jesus. 
But co-ownership also means that we have to be good stewards of what God's given us. And he's given us much. He's given us a whole life to steward and a whole destiny and a plan to carry out here on this earth. You were created on purpose for a purpose and with a purpose. So there, if there is a purpose for us, then we've got to steward our lives. Like Colossians 3.23 says, do everything, work hard. Do everything as, as if you're working for the Lord. Whatever you do, do your best to invest all your talents in the name of the Lord. If you have talents, energy, time, whatever you've got, you've got to steward it and submit it to the Lord. And there's freedom. There's good owners, there's good managers, and there's bad managers. How many people have been under good managers? How many people have been under bad managers? The bad managers, they don't tell you really what to do. You don't know what to expect. So you never know where you are with them. But the good managers are the managers who tell them, tell you exactly what they expect of you. But the lie of this world is saying, I want to do whatever I want to do. But a good father, but a good, but a good manager, a good boss tells you, this is what I expect of you. And there's freedom in that. We do better at our jobs when there's freedom. When there's clear expectations, there is freedom. Next, the favor of family means that there is belonging. Chapter four, four through six, it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might all receive adoption as sons. Receiving adoption as sons. After Jesus came and died and rose again and gave us life and life to the fullest, he then made it possible for us to receive adoption as sons and daughters. We receive belonging. You know, having grown up in a family that I, I would consider relatively healthy, I mean, let's be honest, all of our families have a little unhealth, right? We're all a little dysfunctional, right? Thank you, that made me feel a little better, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. Sometimes it's like, we take the people that are our family when things are going well, kind of for granted. Life is good. Yeah, no, I have great, great mom, great dad, great relationship with my sisters. But there's something about when at one point you were not and then you became a part. That's what adoption is. You were once forgotten. You were once unknown. You were once perhaps unnamed. You were once maybe lost and desperate and hopeless. And then when you were adopted, there was something that you are now, you are loved, you are seen, you are not forgotten, you are not forsaken, you are not left behind. You belong to the family of God. There's something about being not and then being now. We can receive adoption through Jesus. I know I've told this story so many times and Joanne, you've heard this a million times because you were there but been a part of this family for, you guys, 14 years on Tuesday. If you're asking what we're doing to celebrate, yeah, to celebrate, we have board meeting on Tuesday night. So that's somebody give Caleb a kid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We always celebrate later, but it's happening this on the uh, 14th year on the 27th. But when I first came into this family, goodness, it was like, three generations of pastors. And I never thought that it would intimidate me because I came from a healthy family. I came from a family that believed in Jesus. I call us 
empower lay people. We were there Sundays, Wednesdays in the orchestra, in the choirs, in the um, youth groups. We were like, we, I would have been your best student, Sam. <sighs> we were there all the time. But there was something of like, woo, they've been doing this thing and leadership. We were like the lay people. They were like leadership. So there's, there's a level of, oh, that's interesting. And, uh, but gratefully, they were so full of love and received me like their own. And I'll never forget when Christmas came, I've told this story before, and you're like, she cries every time she tells the story. I'm like, yeah, I sure do. Cause it is the kingdom, it is his kingdom. So Christmas comes, my first Christmas with them, and I'm so excited because I'm like, all right, I get to be with my white family. <laughs> And every year, Grandpa Cole handed out envelopes. And everybody gets an envelope and everybody gets some Benjamins, if you know what I'm saying, okay? And I look over at Caleb and I'm like, wow, there's like, there's a lot of Benjamins in there. But, you know, I'm new. I'm new. I'm another color. Just get out. <laughs> I'm just trying to make the point that it's the family of God is multi-ethnic, okay? And I was like, I hope I get, you know, you know I'll, I'll be fine with a couple, one one is enough, you know? And I open up my envelope and it was the same amount as Caleb's. And it was a lot of Benjamins, guys. <laughs> but that's what happens when you join into the family of God. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter how much you've done in the past. It doesn't matter how long you've known him. If you've known him for a month or if you've known him for 30 years, God says you are my son and daughter and every single one of you are an heir and an heiress and you get everything that Christ has. It's not even that I get what somebody else who's known Jesus for a long time. No, I get what Christ, Jesus Christ, his inheritance. I get what he gets. That is what belonging is. That is what it means to together heir. We are all co-heirs of Christ and Christ who is our righteousness, Christ who came to be our love and our joy and our peace. All the sing songs that we sing at Christmas life, who Jesus is, love, joy, peace, that is what we receive. His righteousness, his love, his joy, his peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, or you get it all. We get it all. I'm so grateful that we get it all. And you know why? It's because we know Jesus and we know who Jesus is. We know who our head is. We know who we are serving. We know who our Lord is. The favor of family means that we have a perfect head, a perfect father. It says here in verse seven or six, it says, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba is the equivalent of us saying daddy today. It's us saying, God, I, God, the one who takes care of me, the Abba, the one who loves me, Abba, the one who just sees me as a child and is so tender with me and is so loving to me and is so encouraging to me and is so warm to me. Daddy, Abba, Father, the spirit of God that is with us is Abba, Father. We don't have to be afraid of a God who punishes and a God who just judges and a God who, he is perfect judge. He is the perfect one, but he's also Abba, Father. But the thing that's 
the best part of favor and fam the favor of family, this inheritance that we receive, we serve the same God, we're co-heirs with Christ, we have the perfect Father, the one who loves us, who claims us, the one who claims us. God is, the favor of family also means that we have territory. When you think about inheritance, the Hebrew word yeresh can also be translated into to inherit or to possess. And also means to dispossess. Our living hope through Jesus is that we have the right to drive out anything in our land that does not belong there. I said it in the beginning of the message, some of us are walking in despair. Some of us are walking in anxiety. Some of us are walking in fear, but because we are sons and daughters of the most high God, we can drive out anything that does not belong here. So I think that there are people in this room who if you have welcomed and maybe even invited some self-pity, You've invited some sin. You've invited some insecurities. And God is saying, there's no place for that here, son and daughter. I wanna set you free in Jesus' name right now. Some of you who think that you are facing impossible situations, he is the God of who, who makes all things possible. Anything is possible in his name. And anything that does not belong in your territory must be driven out. And church, I wanna tell you right now, God gave us this actual tangible land here in Old Sacramento. And I believe that he is going to continue to expand and enlarge our territory as we move to Rockland. And as we're reaching people online, and this is not about us achieving, this is about us surrendering so that God can have his place in people's hearts so that they can find him and so that the kingdom of God can be expanded. But as sons and daughters, you no longer have to walk in fear. You don't have to walk in shame. You don't have to walk in the things that have kept you in bondage. There is freedom in Jesus Christ. Our living hope. Jesus is our living hope. And I believe that all we have to do to walk in that righteousness, joy, peace is to surrender. We started talking about surrender. October is a month of surrender. And all we have to do to make God, not just our savior, but the Lord of our lives. When we surrender to him, when we surrender all the things that have been weighing on us, when we surrender all the things that we're holding on to, when we surrender all the things that we're trying to control, when we're surrendering even our own perfection, it's impossible, surrender it. And he has so much more to work with. I actually want you, as we leave from this place, there's a lot of empty space for you. Maybe write down what you need to surrender. Maybe write down what you know that the Lord has given you land for, spiritual land, or maybe it's actual land that you're praying for. Write down here that you surrender it and you're gonna let God have his way in it. What would happen if our church fully surrendered to a God who wants to give us a great inheritance? What would happen? A move of God can happen, but without unity within the family, that move will be the divisions that happen in the family. I just see us, the spirit of God saying, Ooh, gotta go this way. Or, you know, I, not that we control the spirit, but God wants his 
people to feel loved and to be known and known by him. Know him and be known by him. So let's surrender to him today. Surrender to him today. Would you bow your heads in this place? I just wanna give you an opportunity to reflect on this message briefly. <laughs> reflect on what God is speaking to you. He's wanting to change and transform you. He's wanting to cultivate in you the fruit of the spirit so that others can know his kingdom and be a part of it and our family could be expanded. But if you're in this room and you're like, man, I need to surrender my life to him. I need to, again, you don't have to do more. You just have to surrender and let go. So that's you in this place and you want a relationship with Jesus, maybe for the first time or you've walked away from him and you're just coming back to him. If that's you in the place, he wants to meet you. He wants to be with you. He's telling you, you don't have to believe to belong. You already belong. And I'm gonna help you as you get to know me. I'm gonna help you to believe. But all you have to do is surrender. If that's you in this place and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to make him the Lord of your life, you want to walk with him all the days of your life, if that's you, would you raise your hand in the room on the count of three? One, two, three. Would you raise your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. The Lord's speaking to you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Let me just pray for you, everybody, church, family, would we come together and pray with these who lifted their hands. Repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for bringing me here today. I accept you into my life. I know that I need you. Would you forgive me? Make me clean, make me new. I wanna live for you. Give me that strength as a son and daughter of Jesus. I love you in your precious name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, will we stand in this room and can we give God some praise for people who know that they are gonna be walking with Jesus, their lives surrender to him. It's a great place, it's a great place to start. Surrender. We have prayer partners who are gonna make their way up front, but I don't want you to miss this moment to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you with some of those things that I was talking about earlier. Earlier, As members of the family of God, we can drive out what should not be in our lives any longer. And we have people who will pray with you um, and speak freedom over your life. So I encourage you, sing this song or come up and get prayer and allow the Lord to work in your life. Come on. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.